And on a Sunday, my ticket is a one-way I'm about to play in the sky I always knew you'd make it one day Today was such a fun day Wazzy Circus Radio. My name is Waz. Uh, we're brought to you by LearnToSkydiveAustin.com and WazzyCircus.com. My guest tonight. Okay, I love comedy. I watch a lot of comedy. I've tried comedy on stage. I've tried comedy in my classes. Um, I see funny and I like funny. And I know people that are good and well-crafted. But some people are just hilarious, okay? And my guest today's name is Mike Eaton, and he is fucking hilarious, my friend. I don't care what anybody says, dude, which I haven't heard anything, but man, you're a good time. You're like a walking good time. Oh, man, I appreciate that. Well, on, <laughs> What's going on, Mike Eaton? Oh, you know, just living the dream. All right. We, we went flying today. We went flying today. I'm you still a little frazzled. Are you seriously Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. All right, all right. How'd it feel? Uh, like drugs-ish. Yes. Oh, yes. Um, yes but I didn't cough as much. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, no, it was really cool. I, uh, and I said this to you earlier. There was like a moment where I was like, maybe this is like a really profound experience. Right. Of like fighting the wind or not fighting it and like... Right listening but the whole time like you know when you're closing a bag of bread and uh-huh. you just like <laughs> spin yeah. it I felt like that was going to be my dick in the cage <laughs> like, <laughs> I was just going to be that bag of bread and I was going to twisty tie my dick off <laughs> I was terrified <laughs> alright that's okay so uh, for y'all who followed the tunnel before we were on the net at low speed so we can get some turds in and learn what he's doing but <laughs> yeah. I can understand that fear it is, yeah. I told you there's electricity in the net. I, it's incredible. <laughs> it's, <laughs> I can feel it. Yeah, yeah. It's happened. Yeah. All right. So, um, when you finally, because we struggled for a couple minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. That is accurate. But that's a beautiful thing because if you get it easily, it's be like, oh, it was cool, man. But yeah. you had to fight for it, right? And then you got it because yeah. I saw your face when you had it. It was very fun. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, I think it's it's overwhelming at first because you're like uh, steering mm-hmm. and steering and steering, yeah, <laughs> and so yeah. it's like you have to have all of the three things right at the same time. And that's <laughs> that was too many things for me. <laughs> I can do one thing, man. <laughs> <laughs> I can focus on one thing. Yeah. No, you did great. Uh, turns a little aggressive. Yes, yeah, that's that's, that's me. Fun, right? to yeah. yeah, hey, it's such a metaphor for people's lives, how they fly, how yeah. they attack it. Yeah. It's the exact same way. Like, I turn very fast because I spend a lot of time watching Too Fast, Too Furious. Oh, so, yeah. inspiration. Yeah. It's the wrong All right, Pete Locker. The lightest thing of all time. <laughs> that was it. Put one out for the homie P-Dub. <laughs> oh. oh, man. <laughs> so... When you learn how to go up, yeah. why did you freak out? Because you knew how to come down first. Why? Because it happens to a lot of people. Uh-huh. Um, when they start to go up, uh-huh. they freak. Even though they know how to come down, uh-huh. when they start to go up, they freak out. What is it? 
it's uh, like a fight or flight response. Like, right. like you feel it, it, it because everything in there is like uh, exponential. Like, it, right. like one turn isn't like a little bit, and then this is not twice as much. It's like five times as much. Ten times as much. Yeah, and like doing the concave versus convex on your chest. Uh, like it's exponential again. So like when you start to fly up at first, you're like, oh cool, this is working, and then it really kicks in, and you're like, yeah. oh shit, that's really working. Right, right, right. Man. And then you immediately go into trying to remember like, oh shit, do I do the legs now? Do do uh, and then the other part do of it. I do the legs now? <laughs> but yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, you were like legs, legs now. Legs. Yeah, because you kept just doing this. It's like I'm trying. I thought I was doing this. And when you say this, I think, all right, do them all the way straight. He can't mean all the way straight. No, I'll, no. I'll move them just a wee bit. And then the wind would kick, and they'd go, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, I felt like a windsock half the time. Uh, it was so awesome. Because your face lit up like a freaking firecracker when you got it, man. I, no, it, it lit up when you grabbed him. We're like, all right, I, I got this. Let's go, fat boy. And, and then you grabbed the top <laughs> I just I would love to see what that looks like from the outside looking at because it's mostly just been children like right. up to this point so it's like a grown adult and a child they're like here you go this is fun child and I come in there and you're like alright here, here we go bud and I'm just smashing into the glass there's all these parents looking like oh is that is it like a special needs kid what's going on there he's he's flailing around quite a bit <laughs> <laughs> Poor Waz, he's so kind. Look at him. It's supposed to be community service. Oh man, I was laughing. I'm not kind. I am laughing my ass off. Oh, it was fun though. Hey, but the wind is like a metaphor. You gotta be patient, man. It doesn't happen. Yeah, right. You gotta wait. You gotta put it in. Put it in, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, it's a good metaphor for life because it's harder for fat people. That's not. True. <laughs> that's not true. Oh, come Cat on. Corbin was shredded in front of you. Are you calling Cat fat? No, oh, you just. <laughs> Uh-huh. Fucked up, man. <laughs> <laughs> man, she I'm knows she's big dude. and she works on it and she struggles with it and she's kicking ass. She's losing weight. I'm not making fun of her. No, no, it's that you were. I was just being a dick. It's just fun sometimes. I know. These are my friends, man. They're going to watch this shit. Yeah. We love you, Kat. We love you, Kat Gordon. We will go drink again soon. Immediately. She was giving me advice today. I'm flying. Uh, she can no, <laughs> actually, on sleeping with lesbians. Oh. <laughs> that was, She's good. I shared that was like a, like a bucket list thing of mine. Not like in a moral or nice or kind way. Just like, I wonder if I could. Which, I, like, you can't really, because that, that's the whole point well, of it. That's weird. It is. That's like a lot of, that's weird. Yeah. Right? That'd be like trying to do the exact same thing to a, oh, a guy. Oh, yeah, no, straight, I'm not saying right? it's not weird. Yeah, it's very weird. It's <laughs> it's not like a thing like I'm excited about. Like, oh, it's just like a we've life just goal. been drinking after comedy in, the other night, and I yes. was just like, so... You you might understand this. <laughs> this is my life school. Let me understand some uh, boundaries here. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> so. <laughs> Let's get back to serious talk. All right. No, no. Fuck serious talk. So, I met you on the, uh, on the mic scene. Mm -hmm. Hanging out, telling jokes, making people laugh, giving joy to the world, I believe. Yeah. And, like, you know, there's a way people do things, and... <clears throat> You approached it very professionally. I know that's the wrong word to say. I don't want to make it all cliche or anything, but I could tell you have 
been in boardrooms and have had to make your point in a sly way, mm. right? Or you've had to, somebody said something snarky and you're not allowed to do what I would say, but like, bitch, right? You can't say that. Yeah, yeah. You know, a PowerPoint meeting. <laughs> I will drop you, we're in the air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't say that. <laughs> yeah, like the uh, list of people you should not uh, talk shit to. Uh, the guy uh, you're strapped to at ten thousand feet. Uh, but you know, so like, how, how does your um, real life, which you are like a nationwide dealer for the hat I'm wearing and probably some clothes my listeners are wearing yeah, yeah. right now, like you're the dude that supplies. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, <laughs> it's, it's really, uh, most of my job right now is really, uh, explaining technology to people that don't understand it and like having grown up in like the digital age, dude, I, I downloaded like my first pornographic film on the internet at like seven. Like I grew up on the internet. So like, right. so like, you, like grew up, I matured. Yeah. Well, no, never that. But like, I, I, I learned. Really? Things. You didn't mature I, on your I, se- at seven? I have no, I haven't done that at all yet. <laughs> 27, still not matured. But, no, uh, I gotcha. so I, you know, I, I, I use my understanding of things to explain it to people that have no understanding. And, uh, Comedy is a great tool in every domain. Like, stand-up is, of course, supposed to be just funny, but, like, it's gotten to the point where people are tired of just funny and they want stuff that kind of makes a point mm-hmm. or tells a good story that has some meaning. And that transcends just performance art and goes into, you know, things in the boardroom, like you said. Um, right. It's It's really... Uh, it's a very valuable tool. Like, the sales process of, like, like me, know me, trust me, pay me. Okay. That's the process? So, like me, know me, trust me, pay me. Yeah. So, like, you okay. have to move people among each of those, like, quadrants right. to get a sale. It's okay. like, if they don't like you, they're, like, yeah. they're never going to want to get to know you. Right. And, and, like, if they don't know you, they're never going to trust you. Right. And if they don't trust you, like, you would never get someone you don't trust any money. Right. So, like, you got to move them up the ladder. And, like, one really great way to get people to like you immediately is jokes. Right on. So, yeah. I mean, and I grew up fat too. So like, like I've, I've just always been fat. Like I, uh, which is great. I love it. It made me have a personality. You meet a lot of people who grew up skinny and they just have shit personalities. Cause like their whole life's just been easy. They're like, yeah, I, I was always hot. Like, yeah, I don't want to talk to you anymore. But, right. like, <laughs> uh, but like, you know, so I, I grew up fat. And so you had to figure out a way besides looks for people to like you. Right. And so I, you know, the easiest way is fat jokes. Like that's probably right. how it started. But does it have to, okay, but it doesn't have to be self-degradation. Oh, no, no, absolutely not. Right. But that's a great tool. Yeah. Because do, the, of course, if you can laugh at yourself, you can laugh at the world. If you can laugh at the world, you're the happiest. Yeah. Man alive. Yeah, no, for sure. I think like I the last few like terrible pieces of news I've had um it's kind of been like, oh. <laughs> I know how that feels. It's like, like ah. It sucks, but like I know me. eventually it's going to be a funny story. Uh, yeah. Because you're not. all right. Or not. But you're all right. I mean, you know, yeah. you're all right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where it comes from. Like, you're all right. Like, like yeah. morbid comedy doesn't. I. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, right. it's so weird. So, like, that uh, genre of comedy is called black comedy. Okay. But it's so weird because... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A white guy telling, like, like... I like to do, like, tell people, like, shit. so what kind of comedy do you do? Black comedy. Yeah. <laughs> like... Really? <laughs> he's like, sometimes blue. And they're like, what the 
fuck are you talking about? Really? But those are, yeah, oh, those are the that's genres. The co- that's like the, uh, the... Black comedy or dark comedy, dark humor, that's all kind of okay, one genre yeah, of talking about taboo stuff. Yeah. And then blue is generally about being explicit for explicit sake and more pressing edge. It's generally more sexual in nature. Like okay. if you've ever heard... It's not like sad when you say blue comedy. No, I know. Like that, and that's what you would comedy. think. No, blue comedy would be closer to like Doug Stanhope when he does his Stan. jokes about... Uh, ISIS beheading videos uh-huh. and compares yeah. them to like softcore porn. Right. Like that's that's, that's blue, blue comedy because it's it's gruesome, which is why it's so funny. Is that he's ma- he's drawing analogies between something and, that's and, already and taboo. Black would be more uh, like gallows humor. Like um, oh, just just to, yeah yeah like l- dice. Oh, oh, uh, well, no, he's more an insult comic. I think it would be like. Um, trying to think of a good example. So Daniel Tosh okay. uh, has a, a great uh, joke from uh, his special People Pleaser where okay. he says, uh, you know, sometimes you, like, uh, fuck with a, a crowd, and, like, they're really, particularly, like, New Orleans, it's, like, really defensive, um, and they will get very mad at you. Like, uh, they still get upset if you walk out and say, fuck the saints, I'm not going to pander your city because God gave it a much-needed bath. Right. And right. It, just, it ruined his whole show, but he was like, you know, but $5 is still $5. And, like, his friend backstage had bet him. So, like, that, <laughs> like, that, it's it's a great fucking joke, but it, it's more of an just about the idea of making fun of, and, and at that point, it had been several years since Katrina already mm-hmm. so it wasn't like you know he was saying it right after the fact that's that's black that would be black humor that'd be dark humor yeah by the technical sense really it didn't sound dark i think dark would be like just like god gave a much needed bath oh, but that's, that's not, come on more shit than that come on say. he's pretending god exists that's oh. vulgar <laughs> <laughs> Do we open this box of worms? <laughs> <laughs> no, we will not. All right. Oh, we can. We'll pray about it. We go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a I had a joke about like it'd be like you know to our to our black youth tonight. You know, God is with you. Our prayers are with you. We'll offer assistance and water and care to our white Houstonites. There's great oceanfront property. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Rebuilding commercial zones. It's amazing. It's a steal. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way that was. That was years ago. Hey, I had a buddy that went down with the fucking Cajun Navy. Yeah. On flatboat pontoons and pulled people out with ropes and shit. That's I have one as well. Yeah. They're good people. No. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we both got friends. We're both honorary Cajun My good friend Julian went. Yeah. Oh, that's dope. Man. Yeah, yeah. Guys load, loaded up their trucks. They gave a shit. They gave a shit. They yeah. all like locally, everybody gave a shit. Really, it was really well, cool. That, it is. It's a very tightly knit community. Yeah, like, I love New Orleans. No, this was Texas. Oh, you're talking Texas, about Texas Cajun oh. Navy. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, Cajun Navy, okay, New Orleans. New Orleans. Yeah. Okay, that was a while. I'm up. This was recently. What, oh, what, what Harvey. Came? Harvey. Yeah, I got some Harvey jokes. Do you got Harvey jokes? So <laughs> they didn't like Harvey. them in Houston. They, yeah, uh, that was my Harvey enough. joke. Yeah. Oh, I forgot Katrina was. That was a long time ago. I know. Do you remember? Kanye I told remember. us all. George I remember Bush George Bush didn't like white people. people. Yeah, black people or white yeah. people. He didn't care about nobody but cash. So. Yeah. Who had the joke <laughs> where he's just dad. eating chicken wings and shit talking about, <laughs> I got them what the fuck they gonna do about it. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, shit. That was Mike Epps. Mike yeah. Epps. Yeah. He said George Bush is sitting with his shirt off and chicken wings counting his money. That, yeah. I, I mean, fucked him. I yeah, wanted I to be him. president for a while. Well, not president, senator. I wanted to be a senator. I know you did. That's yeah. pretty fucking cool. For the, um, so, which is wild. Man, comedy, dude, our lives develop where we're going with our, I mean, our li- comedy is our lives, right? So, yeah. you're, like I was saying before, you're very poetically precise with how you tell your jokes. This is awesome. You used to work for Senator John McCain, who represented the state. Yeah, I'm yeah. from Arizona. Volunteer. Volunteer. Work oh, for oh, a strong word. Yeah, yeah. fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was, uh, but, yeah. I, I, I just, I hate when things make me sound like I was or ever will be important. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> hold, hold the fuck up. Because uh, if you're important, then people uh, get offended at things you say, and I don't ever want to That's have to censor true, myself. Yeah, yeah. So I, I just, I can be funny always, but right. like, I, I like famous money, but I don't want to be famous. <laughs> yeah, I don't uh, want to be famous either. Yeah, that'd be like you I, can't I, go I anywhere. Do. That sounds very fun. Yeah, I don't, I don't care. Nah. Man, can you imagine having to send somebody out to get your shit? Always having to have people do that shit sounds for amazing. you. Ah, that's ridiculous. Dude, if I could not leave my house, <laughs> like, all right, I'm going to ride in an Uber black to uh, to the comedy venue, t- tell my jokes, uh-huh. and go right the fuck back home. Uh, but I would also have to have a full bar and, oh, of course. yeah, the hot bartenders. Yeah, man. Guys and girls, bring a that crowd sounds, in. Yeah, we're two different lives. Yeah. I want to be around people and fucking make fun of people. No, I do too. I just want them coming to me. <laughs> <laughs> Like, and then at the end of the night, I can be like, all right, I'm going to my half of this area. You guys, if any of you girls have daddy issues, I'll be in the master the bedroom. <laughs> yeah. Let me know. Palace. Yeah. All right. So, over mics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, comedy in general, where, where's, where's your favorite place you've done so far? Um, and why, would you say? Like, what room... You know, I think Mr. Tramps at the Sunday shows. Fuck, yeah. Oh, Sunday. See, I've never been to the Sunday show. The Sunday show is so... I I like it. I have a love-hate relationship with it, but I think that makes me like it more. Um, Just the idea of uh, having all comics there, pretty much. Right. And then two or three just random people will always be there. Right. And you can go up and uh, there's no pressure there. Like, a lot of places where you go to tell jokes, like at an open mic, you can feel, like, uh, just kind of the judgment of comedians there. Right. Like, like you go up there, and they're like, all right, let's see if it's funny. And, and it's almost they're, like, uh, begrudging you a laugh. Like, they don't want to give the laugh right. for the jokes, because they're like, ah, oh, I should have thought of that. And I was like, eh, fuck it. It's all, it's all love. So, right. so, like, I think at Mr. Tramps, like, that's really true. Like, it is all just love. Like, everybody goes up. They do their three or four minutes. Or they cut it short because they freak out. There's a mm-hmm. lot of first timers, which are hilarious to watch. Yeah, it's good. Uh, and and then like you have you know some of the bigger names in like the you know smaller local scene, doing you know their material and honing it and sharpening. Yeah, sharpening the blades. Well, yeah, and, and cheap drinks. Right. It's like such a plus. It is. And uh, it's it's like an easy location for people to find. So, like, I mean, like, all of that kind of goes into it for me. I've met a lot of cool people there, and I've had a lot of good sets there. Right. Where people were willing to go with me places. Like, you know, I I have some jokes that uh, have just, like, a ridiculous premise that are kind of story-based. And for comics, they don't want to hear the story. 
Just okay. tell me the punchline. That's what I want to judge. Like, we, we all believe you can do setup. All right, let's hear the, the punchlines. Right. And that's hard to do when you are trying to set up for a 10 and 15, you know, 20-minute bit. Like, you can't just do punchlines. Right, yep. So, like, there have been times where, it, like, people will allow me, like, the, the space to not be judgmental while I take them on the journey at the beginning. Yeah, wow. Um, like I, so last Sunday I told the story about my first gay strip club. Okay. And uh, it, it just it went over very well with the crowd because they uh, let like the premise be enough, and then it, to carry. Yeah, yeah. Of, to, I need to laugh now. <clears throat> I need another laugh. Yeah. You're not moving fast enough. Right. Like it doesn't have to be funny that I was at a gay strip club. It just ha- it just was. Just part, yeah. yeah, and that's fine. Right. Um, whereas sometimes you feel like they're expecting every sentence to have something funny about it. Isn't that crazy how a good story can carry a room for a second and you can lift them up and then just destroy it with the fucking right line at the right yeah, time? Yeah, oh 100%. God. It's like, can you imagine around ancient campfires, the dude <laughs> that would like stand up and lead them on this thing? Yeah. They'd probably stone his ass, though. I would love to have watched that. <laughs> just, not, not the stoning part, but like just right. the the first storyteller with his bullshit awful grammar, right. like getting up there and just fumbling his way through some bullshit love story. Sounds like you can see it on Sunday nights at um, the tram. It's very close. There, there are almost always. I find it so funny. I feel like uh, veterans who were uh, in like specifically the army mm-hmm. tend to think they can do open mics. Right. Like just because they were funny in service, and like right, all everybody's right. like, "You're the funny guy," and so they're like, "Oh yeah, I'm the fucking funny guy." This has made people laugh in a conversation. Right, right. And, and so then they come and they do the first open mic, and it's always like two of them, and they look almost like the same dude. <laughs> it's like a white dude with a crew cut and like a polo shirt on with jeans. Right. <laughs> yeah. And they'll sit in the back and just talk to each other and drink about six PBRs. And then, like, they get called up, and their name is always, like, Braden Smith. <laughs> and then the one dude's like, we'll get him, Braden. Shout out to Braden. I yeah. love Braden. <laughs> yeah. So, like, uh, so then, like, the dude will go up there, and, like, he'll always start with a joke that he thinks is just going to fucking kill it. And it's some bullshit stupid thing we've all heard, like, a thousand times. So he's like, hey, man, you ever think pussies are funny? And we're all like... <laughs> I'm a huge fan of tramps and I, yeah. I you know I talk about it all the time I would not have wanted to do my first fucking set ever yeah on that stage that would have been tough man just the room's intimidating you think so? Well, man, there's 12 guys in the back with their phones out staring at you, just waiting, like piranhas, like hyenas or some shit. You can see their heads bobbing, like, say something, say something. You're not funny, motherfucker. You know, at oh. first, it, it looks, dude, like. That's fair. It's a little intimidating at first, and everybody knows each other. And then punchlines are some of the guys that aren't even funny. They'll say something funny because their friends know it, and you're not in the joke. It's like, oh, I'm a comedian here. Nobody knows me. They're not going to laugh. Yeah. Right? I'm not in the crowd because I don't know what the fuck he just said, you know? Man, I went to Thirsty Goat on my first one. Okay. So is it Thirsty Goat? It's something goat. That's a brewery. Love Goat. Love, Love goat. goat. Oh, Love yeah, goat. that's a fun one. That was fucking fun. That was yeah. light and easy, and it was... I oh, going, yeah. I hated the crowd, but I love the venue. Really? So, yeah, I went, and they had uh, live music going on afterwards, uh, Oh. and so I was one of the last comics to go, and so while I'm up there, like, there's just ladies <laughs> carrying in all of their band equipment <laughs> directly in front of me, <laughs> and, like, I'm in the middle of the story. The joke I told there oh. the one time I went was, like, the story of losing my virginity. 
Infinity. And it's like a very stupid graphic story. Uh-huh. And I'm getting to like the hard part to tell on stage because it, it gets dark for a minute. Mm-hmm. And I don't have, I, it takes like 30 seconds of getting really dark before I bring it back up. Right. And I'm saying you're digging, that. You're digging. And then they immediately break all the tension by just carrying like <laughs> like guitar and like a, like a hi-hat that's like clish, clish, clish. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like... <laughs> Lost a so, yeah, oh. but nah, you got to deal with it. I mean, but in all honesty, I've only performed probably about 40 times in total uh, really? ever. Yeah. yeah, on a stage. Yeah. Right, right, right. But you apply. Yeah. I can tell. Like, I tell a lot of I've jokes. Seen just 40, person, I've, yeah. There's people I've seen 40 times mm. that still haven't caught on. Yeah, even just to try to loosen up or whatever, you know. But, yo, like, my first set at GOAT, uh, mm-hmm. I held my phone like this. Like right <laughs> Fuck here, yeah. And I was like, that wasn't funny. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's I did awesome. That, I did that for three minutes, man. Like, that wasn't funny. <laughs> <laughs> It was so fucking tough, man. Yeah. Uh, dude, it's scary being up there sometimes. No, it's fuck, fuck you, terrifying. It's like needles in your skin. Dude. Yeah. Well, you know, like, I always freak out right before I go up. Like, when I, like, every time, every single time, no matter what. But, like, it'll be, like, two people before me and then one person uh, before me. And, like, that person, like, they get the light. And I'm like, oh, it's a minute till I go on. And my heart's just like. like. <laughs> 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 and so, like, I've, I've usually I've got a good buzz going, or I've smoked something. Right. So it's kind of like, all right, cool. I can you know chill out and have some presence about it. But sometimes I go and do sets completely sober, and it's like, <laughs> like really, and, and yeah, and so it's uh, you, you not until more like, precise or more on point. Not at all. Huh? I've watched the, the video, and it really what I've determined the difference between my good sets because I have. Great sets and I have terrible sets. I don't have anything in between. Okay. Like, and, yeah. and it all is uh, based on how confident I feel about the beginning of it and how well I have that in my head. Because mm-hmm. if I go up there and like I have like a good opener and I can you know be easy with it, like mm-hmm. I have the one where uh, I hate to like spoil all my material on camera, but I have the the counting one that I do where I count at the beginning and then make a joke. Uh, about premature ejaculation, <laughs> like, <laughs> like I open the set with that, yeah, yeah. and the silence at the beginning gives me the control over the crowd, and that works really well because they're immediately attentive. Drawn in, and I have a very unassuming face. Like I just look like a friendly fat person. So like when you see me and I like am just counting, like your imagination's already like, what the fuck does that sound like? And, oh. and then like because I'm just doing this up there, and then oh. I come out and I say something like loud and offensive right off the bat, and it's like, oh shit. Whack. Yeah, Here and we then go. they're ready. But like, Here we go. Yeah. on my bad sets, when I open up, I overthink that getting into a point because that, that's something I do every time too. Like, there, there's no good way to open a set. Like, it's right. a four-minute set. Like, I'm doing comedy now. Like, right. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I know. I know. I'm those two. Like, ah. And, and part of it is like you want to address it, like the meta of, all right, I'm I'm in a four minute set, so I don't have any time to waste on the bullshit of getting into this at all. But at the same time, like you need the bullshit of get them into this to right. be able to do the set. Right, right, right. Like if you're gonna tell someone a three minute joke for one punchline, that first minute has to be a reason for them to buy in. It has to be amazing. You have to give them something first. 
to get them in, right? Because if yeah. not, if not, you're just talking, dude. You know, you're just like out of, you just, you just running on a story. Uh, Dre Ricks was on the other day. Yeah. And we were um, tying it in with funny wait, fucking dude. Yeah, good dude. Uh, waiting tables. Yeah. And how that translated into uh, comedy, right? And Dre was right, man. He was like, yo, when they sit down, they're hungry. Same thing in comedy. When they see you, they want something from you to know. Like, mm, I like not, that. They're not dealing with you right now. They don't want to hear shit from you. You got to give them something. And then once you get them on board, once you give them an appetizer, then they loosen up. They get their entrees. At the end of the night, it's always all good. But you've got to give them something. And if you withhold too much, I've tried like drag drag out a long intro. It mm-hmm. just falls. Nobody gives a fuck. About, yeah, yeah. About two and a half seconds in, nobody cares about what you're saying. Yeah, I feel like you really have about ten seconds. Yeah. To win the crowd over, and if you don't win them over in that first ten seconds, it's just like incrementally harder the right. longer it takes. Like right, it's kind of like with flyers. If you don't get it in the first 10, 15 seconds, uh, it just gets harder the entire time in the tunnel. People I can just, attest it, it to just, that. It just. <laughs> It just crumbles, dude. It just crumbles. You gotta, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, grew up in the DFW area. Yeah. How was that lifestyle? Uh, interesting. So, I... DFW be Dallas-Fort Worth. So, are you on the Dallas or the Fort Worth side? Uh, little column A, little column B. Uh, my parents were divorced when I was real early. Uh I always like to say they had, like, this long, drawn-out custody battle, and I lost. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh... Yeah, so uh, dad was in Dallas, mom was towards Fort Worth, and then they, you know, kind of moved around. But I grew up, like, right off the bat, like, super-duper poor. Mm -hmm. And then by the time I was, like, almost 10, my dad had started making a shit ton of money. Mm -hmm. So I went from, like, poor ghetto parts of the Dallas area to living in, like, one of the wealthiest zip codes in the U.S. And, like, I mean, it was cool. I didn't have anything to do with it. Of course. I'm a resource drain, if anything. Yeah, but you get to see both sides, man. It was cool. You get to experience this and experience the other side. So you're not just some, you're just not cushioned. Yeah. Or you're just not, like, deprived, right? Exactly. You've seen both. Yeah, I had, like, a a good uh, experience of of being around, like, a lot of different kinds of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked rich better. Uh, <laughs> it was better than poor. I, I have to say that. Right. If anybody's ever wondering, like, if they should try it, uh, definitely go for rich. Uh, I know the poor stuff is affordable, but rich is just much better. <laughs> <laughs> so from 10, 11 on, Pops was good. You yeah, Pops good. was good. And uh, okay. and then Mom started to become, uh, you know, pretty good as well. Okay. Um, and, you know, so it was just, like, a, kind of a nifty... You know, growing up in that area, it, it gave me a lot of opportunities mm-hmm. I wouldn't normally have, right um, which I'm, like, super grateful for. Like, I learned, like, really early on that, like, I cannot be trusted to have any kind of power. <laughs> <laughs> How did you find that out? Uh, so I, I, uh, <laughs> God, there's a wealth of stories. Dude, white privilege is real as fuck. Okay. Uh, dude, I, there's so many times that I, you know, got in trouble with cops. And they would talk to me, uh-huh. and I would just be respectful. Right. Be like, yes, officer. Oh, I'm so sorry, officer. And then they like, all right, have a great night. Just nothing. Right, right. Like, I should be in prison. And <laughs> I, 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 like, they saw nothing. the body. Yeah. I mean, it, seriously, it, it's unbelievable. Um, but so uh, I did a thing called teen court, which is like a deferred adjudication program where when you get in trouble, so I got in trouble for going uh, 128 and a 65 because uh, I just I wanted to go fast. Motorcycle? No, uh, Jaguar. Uh, nice. First car. Well, yeah. Oh wow! <laughs> it, was, it was a decade old, but it was still it doesn't fucking, fucking amazing. Yeah, it's a Jag. Yeah, yeah. Jag. I, and I was still XJS. too fat to pull bitches in a Jaguar. <laughs> <laughs> Which one was it? Do you XJ6. Yeah, it was a '96 XJ6 in Topaz. Nice. Yeah, I love that car. But uh, so I, 
you know, I was just out driving on the highway and I get pulled over, yada, yada, yada. So teen court, you have uh, people who have been given a class five, uh, level three misdemeanor, I want to say, but so like minor in possession of alcohol, tobacco, etc. And uh, you would have a lawyer and someone representing the state that were both volunteers for teen court. And then it would be a jury of other kids who had gotten that ticket. And then they, oh, wow. the lawyers would argue over your community service sentencing between 52 and 64 hours. So your defense attorney was just another fucking teenager that had probably also fucked up at some point. Okay. Me. Uh, and they were saying, like, you should only get, you know, 52 hours. And then the person representing the state was saying, oh, they should get 64. They're a piece of shit. This so is... you learned, like, argumentation, and, like, you learned about, like... White privilege is real. Dude, it was awesome. Holy shit. Yeah, so I did that, and... uh you did what? You got to be judged by your peers as a... Yeah, but we had real team. judges, like, real circuit know, judges, like, coming amazing. in, and we were in the city courthouse. What a lesson. What a beautiful introduction into, into the justice system. Yeah, it was... That's not how my introduction was. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine not. Yeah, none of it. It yeah. was a really unique uh, experience, but... DFW area. That was in South Lake. So it was called Metroport Teen Court. I'm sure it's probably oh, still around. Beautiful. But so what I did a good that. Program. But so it, but this is where it gets fucked up. So there were uh, all of the, the hot girls from my high school, of course, would get, you know, minor in consumptions, like being drunk, mm-hmm. underage. And so they would get sentenced to teen court. And then they would show up to teen court. And I ran that shit because I was good oh. as fuck at arguing. Like eventually I started off just volunteering as a lawyer. And then I worked my way up and I was like the best one there. So I. Oh, so you win in for a charge yes and then end up saying hey how can i come back to this place yeah dope yeah and so and i stuck said, around yeah, for you uh, can learn how to be a lawyer years. yeah wow yeah so i and i did that as like community service hours so like anytime i got a ticket i already had shit tons just built up and i just turn it in and be done you 16 17 uh you started off at 16 yeah Beautiful. and then i did that for 17 and 18 as well yeah I did it for like two and a half years three awesome. years something like that yeah, but so these girls would get their, their tickets and shit, and they would go in there, and then they'd be like, hey, Mike, can you give us, like, uh, like a jury duty slip? Because I could sign off hours so they wouldn't have to go. Oh, wow. Uh, and so, you know, I was like, well, you could earn it. <laughs> like, just a fucking creeper. Like a 17-year-old that has no... Yeah, in my fucking suit, looking like uh, like a little chubby Harvey Weinstein. Just like, <laughs> oh, you want to earn that jury duty, huh? <laughs> Maybe 3.30 in the parking lot. Uh, Buy me athletics building. Did it fucking work? Yeah, absolutely. That's why I know now I cannot be in power. Because I got my first taste, my first chance to not fuck it up. I immediately fucked it up. You know, but the jack like... (laughs) Yeah, dude. And it wasn't even, like, the hottest ones. They weren't going to do it. They had some self-respect. But, yeah, so I settled for, like, mediocre titties for Jerry Slips as, like, a 17-year-old. Man, white privilege. So great. That's crazy. That's power, though, right? Like I can, that's better than like test scores and shit. That's for real. Yeah, no, it, it did very well. So how did you end up from, with McCain? Uh, my dad was uh, just a he ran like the re- young Republican shit at SMU in college, and uh, worked on Capitol Hill for a couple SMU? years. SMU, uh, Southern Methodist. It's a little private school in uh, Dallas. In Dallas, that's where okay. he went to school. Yeah, my family, dude. It's so ridiculous. Like. We own the last, like, working plantation in Dallas. Like, it's this place called Millermore. Really? And that was, like, just a few generations ago. Yeah, like, two a, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, and here I am going to all-black strip clubs. Like, fuck you, Grandpa. Like, <laughs> but, Yo, Grandpa's sitting right next to you. Like, oh, absolutely. Get him, baby boy. Yeah, 100%. No, he's dead as shit. But, like, <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. yeah, yeah. His spirit's with you. Oh, 100%. You if, if those are real, Damn, he would you guys be. had fucking, so you still own it? I, I, no, it's, it's like a historical thing. The slaves are gone. I don't know if he just <laughs> 
The plantations are closed. <laughs> are you sure? I, don't I know it doesn't feel like it. Like there. sometimes it's fucked up, but yeah. uh, no. But yeah. So <laughs> so my dad's always been super involved in politics. Mm-hmm. Family is like you know. No, hold on. Let's go back to the plantation. <laughs> fucking plantation in Dallas. Yeah, no, that's Miller dope Moore. though. Millermore. Is it gone yeah. now? It no, it's been. still there. They did uh, like an interview. Shit, it's probably been 10, 15 years now. But it was on, like, the local news in Dallas. Okay. Like, them looking at it as a historical landmark. All my family, all buried in the same cemetery that used to be the rich white area is now the poor Oh, Mexican so, like, area. your family owned a plantation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. Wow, I'm from old know. money, but I'm new broke. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that. Hey, man, I, um, I met Mark Tubman. Okay. And Harriet's grandson? Yeah, Harriet's oh, no way. No, not grandson, but the, the, the yeah. plantation owner's oh, fuck. great, 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 great grandson. Yeah. And I we were getting that part. Yeah, that part, <laughs> yeah. the whole plantation the, the, thing. The name rape part. Yeah. Like, you have mine now. So, <laughs> so we're... <laughs> Sorry. It's all good. Uh, hey, we're in Vegas getting fucking hammered, right? Uh-huh. And we wake up in the morning, and we're, like, stumbling down from the MGM. Yeah. To get breakfast or something. Perfect. Like 30 floors up, completely just done, yeah. right? And there's a whole panel of buttons on the wall. And Mark Tubman, he sat next to me. And we've been drinking all night and having fun and walking around the strip. And he's like, hey, man, my parents owned Harriet Tubman. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, dude, it wasn't me. I love you, bro. I'm out. I was like, we had one of those moments. Like, ah, fuck, cool, right? So, in the morning, so we had just had that conversation. <laughs> No shit, don't cover that laughing. Hey, we had that conversation. <laughs> oh, let's go eat and walk outside like it's cool, racism. Brand. <laughs> we yeah. are the world. <laughs> so we're in the elevator, and we're like, oh, man, cool. All these families are on, and we're going down floor by floor. He fucking leans against the panel. Ding, 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 Every fucking floor went up all the way down. Not like three fifths of them. No man, <laughs> fucking slid down the thing, man. Every floor, every t- every floor. So the family was like, every time we stopped, they all looked at us. They all looked forward. <laughs> they all looked at us. <laughs> Ding. Ding. <laughs> like, oh. oh my god. So that's the other plantation. You should have apologized on every floor. <laughs> we did. I think I did. I think I did. Dad on Harry Tubman, sorry. Dad on Harry Tubman, sorry. Was hit the fucking door closed. They already heard it. <laughs> no, the elevator's full of people trying to get to the lobby. They're like standing over this. Oh yeah, and there's people out. It was terrible. That's amazing. That's the other plantation owners. I yeah, I don't understand why everybody says what happened to Vegas stays in Vegas. Like we all go back and tell our Vegas stories. Yeah, everybody does. Everybody tells their Vegas stories. I don't like Vegas. It, it, I mean, shout out to Vegas. I know it's wonderful. I, <laughs> I don't like Vegas. Shout out I to just, Vegas. <laughs> I just can't do more than three days. I love you for 24 hours. I'm amazed. The food's robust. The shows are cool. We're having fun. I'm wasted. I want to go home. Yeah. I don't like Vegas unless I'm with real rich people. Okay. I've never like, I've gone a few times just, like, myself uh, and, like, right. going for work stuff and having, you know, like, a, a decent time, but not going full out on the shows. Like, seeing one show. Okay. You know, or something like that. And, and then I had the privilege of going with some uh, very wealthy friends. Awesome. And I was going to help uh, like with a business thing, so he was paying my way for everything. Uh, 
and so we did like the VIP at the Hakkasan and the MGM. Okay, whatever that is. So it's a nightclub. It's like one of the biggest nightclubs in the world. It's awesome. inside the MGM, and we were sitting like from me to you from Tiesto performing. Oh, so it's like it's so crazy. Like I said, like this is fucking crazy. But the best part is like when you are in those areas of Vegas. Not only are all drugs legal and available and for sale, but also there are people that do jobs you've never heard of before. Um, like we had one guy, he was called the girl guy. And he was kind of like an androgynous agent dude. So when he walked up, he's like, hey, I'm the girl guy. I was like, I don't think you can say that. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> he's like, no, no, no. Like, I, I, I go get girls. And I was like, oh, we don't, we don't need hookers yet. Like, we'll get them later. <laughs> and he's like, no, dummy. And so then, like, the little bottle service girl comes over. She's like, no, you should tip him. So I'm like, okay. So we get him, like, 200 bucks. Okay. He leaves. Comes back like 15 minutes later with four of some of the hottest girls I've ever seen in my entire life. And he like tells them, like, hey, you have to dance and hang out with these guys, and then you can hang out up here. So like they're dancing and hanging out, and then they all have like a drink in their hands, so they're sitting on the side of the booth. And so then he goes up and says, like, you guys are dancing, and they're like, one second. So then he goes over to security, and the security comes and grabs these girls and just drags them out. Oh, like wow. never to be seen again. Cause they just sat down for a minute. He goes back, comes back with four more. Oh, and we're like, that's, that's two hundred dollars ever. It's a girl guy. So that's the girl guy. Then the other dude looks like uh like Brock Lesnar. Like okay. he's just like six three, like two eighty, just ripped as fuck, but he's in a suit. And so we, like, you know, tipped him because he was, like, our little security dude. Mm -hmm. And when you would tell him you had to go to the bathroom, he would go, hold on. And, like, he, like, said, like, real weird. And you'd hold on to the middle of his suit jacket. And then he would just walk through <laughs> Donkey Kong and bitches. <laughs> like, there would be so many girls that were just, like, dressed. Like, they'd spent hours, but, like, putting on, like, this, like, single string dress that had to be just right so they didn't look naked. And, like, they would be like, yeah, I'm so hot. And then just, whoa. <laughs> Like, I, I'm dying laughing. So he would just beat our way to the bathroom. You'd walk through, like, the kitchen, and then you'd get to the bathroom. And then, like, all of the dudes, there were, like, six bathroom attendants. And they're all like, hey, Mr. Mike, hey, Mr. Mike. And like, wow, that's crazy. Yeah. they tell you I was coming? And they would take you down to the last stall. Like, oh, they knew your fucking stall. name. His name wasn't Mike. No, I was Mr. Mike. Oh, yeah, wow. I know. It was crazy. So they took me down to the last, like, handicap stall. And then the dude from outside would go and spray down all of the toilet. And then the top of the toilet and go, for your cocaine, sir. And I was like, oh, I'm not for coke. And he goes, okay. <laughs> and then he walks out and directly outside, like, shit, you know, like, you, this is still there to this day. Outside of the bathroom stall is a hand dryer. So he hits it, so it goes right out of your stall so you can make whatever noises in there. So if you're doing your coke, no one can tell. Oh, wow. Uh, and I was that's like, this is awesome decadent. That's decadent. Yeah. And so, like, uh, a lot of us were just going to the bathroom a lot just to watch this guy punch people. <laughs> and, like, we'd go two at a time and make, like, a train. <laughs> Just walking through. <laughs> like, look at that one. <laughs> look at that yeah. And we stayed Holy there, and, and then, like, uh, you know, people would come up, and they looked like people that were working at the club. They had name tags on and shit. And they would come by and be like, hey, do you need any molly or cocaine or weed, perhaps? And it was like, what? <laughs> do you take cars? Like, yeah, Square or Venmo. And it's like, get the fuck, fuck out. out of here. Yeah, man. So, like, and I've never had that experience but i think they paid like, i think most of america has of not had that, that experience yeah yeah that's pretty beautifully oh dude i love one it. experience yeah dude my vegas experiences see i'm from the lower end of the ladder right mm -hmm. but but happy and fucking stoked i mean mm -hmm. trust me i don't complain about my upbringing it was tough but it made me 
this. Hell yeah. Whatever the fuck this is. But, uh, okay, so I shoot craps and shit, right? But not like big time, man. Like, I, dude, I go to Vegas. I've gone to Vegas with like 50 bucks, mm-hmm. right? And been stuck out there. Got off the bus with 50 bucks and like had a day to meet my friend. And I was like, uh, fuck it. I, I don't care. I'll go to one of these small crap tables. Uh, I, if anybody's played craps, there's a board where there's the field, the come, you can shoot the dice. I never touch the dice, right? I just play the fucking field. I know people are like, oh, you're an idiot. I know this guy's screaming right now. You're an idiot for playing the field. I just put my shit down. There's like four or five numbers that you can hit on. Two... Was it two, four? F- no, I don't think four is one. I don't know shit. Six, okay, eight, eight, anyway, I would Google the shit. It's, it's my useful great, <laughs> hey, Dude, I just let the chip stack, chip stack, chip stack, chip stack. I walk out there with like three hundred bucks off of fifty. Yeah. I walk around, get some booze, do whatever. I, I, I like sneaking in the hotels and swimming and shit because yeah. nobody knows. You just walk in, right? And we go yeah. back to our little shitty hotel. We used to go to um, all of us from Arizona because Arizona's only three and a half, four hours away. Oh, where I grew perfect. Up, yeah. Right. So I've been going out there since I was like fifteen, sixteen. Oh, shit. We go out there a lot. We yeah. broke as fuck, though. Like, my first fake ID, I had a Kango on in the picture, son. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's <laughs> awesome. Big-ass smile on my face. Yeah, like, boom, going to Vegas, man. Hell yeah. We did it a lot. So it was, um, it's now the Hooters or something, but it was right by the MGM. No, I know what you're talking about. It was called the Rio or something. It was one of the old hotels, man, so it was kind of gaudy on the inside. and like, the red yeah. velvet. I love that shit. Me too. I haven't Dude, been to Vegas in a while. Loves and, oh, Vegas. Isn't it good? Like the soft velvet floors and shit. You're like, this is I want a cane. Vegas, baby. I want a cane. I used to like, with a, a big cane. diamond on the and top. a sword inside. Yeah, or, sure. <laughs> yeah. To protect yourself. Slice some hoes and dragons. Pshaw! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Slice some hoes and dragons. Uh, so, um, you travel a lot. I do. Oklahoma, Texas. Louisiana, Arkansas. Yeah. Driving. Yeah. So what do you do while you're driving? Podcasts? I listen to, yeah, I listen to comedy and podcasts and music. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, music. you're a connoisseur of music. You really yeah. like, I understand you like, you're really into music. And yeah, all of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, favorite com- comedian right now? Like, he pops on, you hear his voice, you know it's going to fucking smack you in the face. Oh, man. Right now, I've been re-listening to uh, a lot of, like, older albums from people Okay. Um, Mike Birbiglia's old album, Sleepwalk with Mike Birbiglia. Yeah. I love it. He's, I I mean, like, I haven't been listening to, I'm real picky about comedy. Like, I would much rather listen to a special I've heard 20 times than listen to, like, a garbage special. Yeah. Like, uh, like, uh, I don't want to be mean about anybody, but, like, some people, like, they used to be really good. Mm -hmm. And I would, you know, watch their shit as soon as it came out on Netflix or as soon as it dropped on Spotify or Pandora or whatever. And then, you know, I've watched some of their newer stuff, and it's like, dude, you sold out so hard. Yeah. Like, everything that made you funny um, was, like, unique about you. And instead, you accepted mainstream popularity, which I I can't blame them. Like, I fucking love money. If you told me, like, hey, Mike, water down your shit, and I'll give you a million dollars, done. Done. No more rape jokes. I'm in. But, like... But like uh, immediately, uh, yeah, like for sure, like I'll drop uh, it. Like, and how how would you not drop it? Like, who are you to say no? I'm gonna keep doing these open mics and not get paid. Yeah, I'm exactly. Keep my like, grind going. You know what I'm saying? How do you say no to that? Exactly. So like, I, I don't judge them, but like, I also am not gonna continue to listen to their content. Ah, which is so, a double-edged sword. Yeah. So, but uh, you know who I think is like probably like the best. Uh, Chad Daniels. I love Chad Daniels. Dude, I I think he's probably like the most talented. 
comedian. Like, just from him or when Daniel Tosh does his stand-up. Like, between... Tosh is a fucking genius. He's a, he's a word... I hate his TV show, but his fucking stand-up is beautiful. Yeah. I, yeah. I, dude, those shows, those green screen, green screen shows, we watch them to go to bed. It's fun. Like, it's like... Yeah. Duh, duh, duh. But it's nothing, like, It's catchy. the shit they have on the background at the bar. Yeah, yeah. That's like, Oh, interesting. Inter- yeah, man. But yeah, Tosh was a fucking wordsmith. Have you ever listened to Cy Edmondson? Edmondson? No. He's really good. Perfect. He's really Check good. Him out. Yeah, I like, you know, I'm on my search because I need it. I need comedy. I, I yeah. need it for my day, right? You know, because, you know, yeah. it's, it's draining to be a human being. Yeah, I haven't tried anything else, but like, <laughs> yeah, like I've been for sure. I've to be a bird for 13 years, man. That's awesome. You have. Man. No shit. I have. Are you jumping with me? At some point again, yeah, I'm down. I'll no, jump no, no, out of the plane. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm but down. You want to go solo? You said. Yeah, I would prefer to. I'm I'm yeah. attempting to be less of me uh-huh. at the moment. Well, you'll, you'll get you'll uh, make that happen. Yeah, well, I did it once before. Mm-hmm. Um, so like right before I moved to Austin, I had just finished losing like 80 pounds. Okay. And was like in a documentary, and it's like all oh, this great shit. And it's so funny because documentaries take a while to do like post on. Right. And so they they finish the documentary and they do the very first official premiere, and I've gained back like 50. Oh. Uh-huh. 80 pounds but, but it was after like a year of keeping it off and so like the documentary fucking comes out and I'm sitting there in front row at like Alba Draft House and like I show up late because I'm a fucking stoner and I'm not late like on time to anything ever right. so like, I show in like I waddle and I hide in the front row where no one else is sitting by me and then my part in the movie comes up and the guy's interviewing me and he's like so what's different this time he's like you know I lost the weight and kept it off <laughs> Like I'm cracking up in the front. Like, ah. <laughs> they tell you about Austin Tacos, motherfucker. <laughs> well, well, why did you bring gain it back? What happened? I, I stopped being intentional about it. Like it used okay. to be, like I was very like specific right, about we what I ate and like gave a shit. Right, yeah. And like I, you know, I, I, you know, it was important. Um, and like I was dating a chick, and so like I was, she was like way out of my league, and so I was like, hey, yeah, if I get fat, like she's gone. Right. And like I don't like to have to look to get laid. Like I just I like that to be like an option always. Right. Right. Uh, <laughs> So, like, you know, so their their motivation. And then, um, (laughs) I actually, so I started doing stand-up for the very first time. The very first time I ever performed was right after I'd lost all that weight. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, I'm confident now. I can get up on stage. And, like, I won't care if anyone can see my chins because they aren't as big. And uh, I got up there, and I I had, like, two good jokes Mm -hmm. of, like, a four-minute set. I had, it was a big popular open mic in Dallas, and I was a newcomer and didn't know anybody on the scene. So I went like second or third to last. Of course. I had brought out like 15 of my friends to watch. Two of them had stayed. Because <laughs> so, it was like it was like four fucking hours of comedy. Right. And like we'd already right. heard the good Tinder jokes, the bad Tinder jokes, and the really bad Tinder jokes. And I was like, so I have more Tinder jokes. It's like, right, shit. Yeah. Right. Uh, so like, you know, all of this comedy, most of it was not very good. Uh, and then I, you know, finally got up there and was just like, all right, let's do this. And even being dejected, like I was still nervous as shit. And, uh, I did that one. I did one more set there. I got hired to MC a gig. Like my very third time performing, I got paid to do it. And I bombed terribly. Uh, to, 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 to host it. Yeah. I was MC. All you had to do was say, this is the show. Ha ha. Here's one, two jokes. This is my first dude. Bingo. I know. know. What did you do? So uh, the, the event was this thing. It's called Trash Bash Music Stash. Okay. Um, the idea behind it is they take everybody in buses. They drive them a mile away from the venue. Everybody walks a mile back to the venue picking up trash. They trade that for a free drink and free entry to music. 
So there's like six or seven bands going on. It's in like a real cool part of Dallas. My buddy has organized it. And he's like, hey, I'll pay you to MC. You're real funny. Like, fucking great. So my plan is to go up there and start by pandering and thanking all of the sponsors and all the people and being really nice. My buddy spends two minutes doing that. So I'm like, well, I can't really do that anymore. So I got up there and he just introduced me as a comedian and there's like sound issues. Uh, mm. Everybody had been taken too far and they're out of beer. So people are like already kind of grumpy oh, and upset. Yeah. Oh, that's fucked up. So I get up there and I'm like, hey, everybody, I'm Mike. I'm a local comic. I uh, just, you know, wanted to thank you know, our sponsors again. Thank you guys. But I want to thank the most important people of all, um, everyone who litters. Because without them, what the fuck were we doing today? And like, it's not a good joke. <laughs> But it's an okay joke. It's a it's a decent opener. And some fucking this is one of the times when hecklers win. Some fucking lady like ten back, like right to the left, the center of vision, stands up and goes, "Is this your first time?" <laughs> and there's children there, and they've already told me I can't swear, which is like my backbone is to make like grotesque comparisons. So like right. I'm like, all right, I'll I'll just be real mean to her, and that'll shut her up. And I'm like, I can't be vulgar. <laughs> uh, oh no! And so I just responded, went third. <laughs> That's the most clever shit I had. <laughs> uh, and so just I immediately started making jokes about uh, there were a lot of bikers there, and I made fun of um, how sexy bikers are, which I don't believe at all. But I said it so that they would like me again. Uh, did they work? Uh, for a minute. So then I, mean, I introduced the next band, and I immediately am like, oh, my God, what happened? And all these people are yelling at me, and I'm like, <laughs> so I go back to, like, the green room. <laughs> and I'm standing there talking to some of the other uh, artists that are going on later, and they're like, hey, man, that was rough. And I was like, dude, I fucking know. It really is my third time. Oh, like, we could tell. Oh, I'm like, you dick. Like, uh, they're like, let me get you a drink. And I'm like, they're free. Like, that's <laughs> piece of shit. So I go and I start drinking, and the first band plays like a 45 minute set. And uh, I'd been nervous all day about it, so I hadn't eaten, and I wasn't thinking about that. And so I'd, I'd had, I don't know, probably six Long Islands. At this, no, right, at this point okay, on an empty right. stomach. Fuck so the, the next band going up is this awesome band, this really nice guy, Justin Casey, is the lead singer, uh, and they're called Uneasy Pilgrim. And he's told me that, and he showed me their shit on Facebook, and I'm like, all right, this is going to be great. So then I get back up there, and I'm like, jokes, 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 and said some dumb, drunken stuff, got mediocre laughter, and then I was like, I'm next. Uh, the Pilgrim Men. <laughs> and Justin's such a great fucking guy. He's like, and now we're the Pilgrim Men. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> like, just rolled with it. But that was like, you know, yeah. my, and like, none of my friends had showed up for it. And like, I didn't have anybody there I knew. Uh, so you like having people there that you know? Yeah, usually. Man, I don't want anybody there that I know. It, so I don't want like my parents there. Right. But your uh, friends, like, I would hate right. for my mom to hear. You know, any Idiot of my jokes. Shit, yeah. yeah, for real. Yeah, do I have a mom tattooed to just like, no matter what I do, that's like piece of shit. Mike, like, I have a mom tattooed. That's what's me. It's a get out of jail free card. Wait a she doesn't know how many of her grandchildren I've killed, but like, <laughs> four hundred bucks at a time. Uh, but like, she would be distraught. But I have a mom tattoo, so it's that's fine. that makes it all good. All right. So, Mike Eaton, where can we find you? Where are you at? <laughs>
Hey, we're over on time, so we got it. <laughs> so, false flat abortion joke. Hey, so Mikey, uh, where can we find you? Uh, probably a Planned Parenthood, apparently. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> great time to end it. Uh, uh, that was perfect, man. I thought that was great. Uh, uh, I have an uncensored Twitter where I, I have no holds barred, and I say just my thoughts, uh, and a lot of it end up ends up on stage. That's Mike Eaton Comedy. Mike Eaton original. Comedy, baby. Eaton's my last name. It's it's right. instructions to look like me. M-I-K-E-E-A-T-O-N. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then add me on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm around. Right on. Wazzy Circus Radio, guys. Thanks for checking me out, son. Hey, I'll oh, yeah. see you guys soon, love. Thanks, Mike. Hey, man. 